46% of Christian teens say they never read their Bible. 52% of teens never read religious scripture on their own. And then somewhere around 50% don't even really believe the Bible is God's word. So if the Bible, like if God's word is our number one discipleship tool, but half of our Christians aren't even reading it, like, yo, we have a discipleship gap. That's huge. So we're going, let's create resources from small group series to sermon outlines to ministry health measurement tools. Like, let's create these resources to help youth pastors be able to have great conversations around God's Word. Well, hey, welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm super excited to share this conversation with you today. But uh, before we jump in, I want to invite you to join our network. It's the Circle Network. Man, you've got to jump in. We've got all kinds of great resources, tons and tons of video content, how to grow your leadership team, how to develop your student leadership team, how to grow numerically, how to develop yourself and your own soul care. Uh, It's completely free to join the network. On there, you'll be a part of a community of youth pastors from around the nation. I want you to join right now. Go to renewedleadership.org slash network to join. Once you get in there, tons of content. We'll interact. We'll hang out. We'll have a good time. Well, hey, do that. Join, but also gear up for a great conversation with my friend, Sam. Sam, thanks for joining today. It's going to be a great conversation, man. Thanks for joining. Yeah, man. So pumped to be on this call, Ryan. And uh, just want to thank you for your heart for the church and excited to hang with you today. Okay. For those that are not able to watch on YouTube, which I want to encourage you guys watch on YouTube, they are missing out on your signature logo lightning bolt right behind you, man. I mean, that thing is killer. We got to just point it out right up front. Uh, that, that thing is just killer. So, uh, thanks for, for setting the tone. I don't have a signature logo behind me, but, uh, but, uh, I'm jealous, man. You have all the deep wisdom and books behind (laughs) you. I have my, I have my like Gen Z lightning bolt from Amazon. So it's all good, bro. I got it. Okay. So you've been a local youth pastor, um, different context, but now you're working with the organization feed providing resources for youth ministries around the nation, which I've used personally off and on. Um, Phenomenal content, love the material, but just set us up, man. Tell us a little bit of just kind of your ministry journey and then, you know, switch into just a little bit about feed as well. That's great, man. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to share about that. So uh, you mentioned I I served at the same local church for um, actually 12 years. Uh, So City Church in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, if you're not familiar with Bartlesville, it is a booming metropolis uh, that everybody in the nation is looking to um, sarcastic. Hey, you guys have you guys have a Chick-fil-A. We have a Chick-fil-A now. And uh, so we're on the map, baby. We are on the map. Um, So. Yeah, so Bartlesville, it's 34,000 people, really unique town. Uh, I, I Personally, I grew up in, in mega churches in Tulsa. If you're familiar with Tulsa, there's a mega church on every corner. Um, so I grew up in that kind of mega church world. Um, 
uh, let me back up a bit. I, I want to celebrate something. I will have been married 10 years next week, bro. So like coming up on my 10 year anniversary, come on, come on. Uh, have That's a seven year old about. daughter. Yeah, bro. So seven year old daughter, three year old son. Uh, at the end of the day, like I am a dad, like I am, I have transitioned to just full on dad mode husband. I'm a family guy. Um, but yeah, I served at the same church for a long time. I was a youth pastor for about a decade, uh, for nine years at that church, city church. And then same church transitioned uh, over to be the missions outreach slash pastoral care pastor. Um, I don't know what that means, but that's what I did. Uh, so now I told my pastor, uh, he's still my pastor. I go to the same church, Pastor Scott Turner. He's a legend. Um, I just said, hey, man, I and if you're, if you were in youth ministry a long time, you know, this, you tried to quit youth ministry like eight times in your tenure. Uh, so I don't want this idea that like, wow, you were a youth pastor for almost 10 years, nonstop. Yo, I tried to quit like 10 times. Okay. Um, I tried, he wouldn't let me. Uh, but I finally like really, honestly, the last probably five years just fell in love with it. Uh, God did some amazing things. And I told my pastor, I said, Hey, I think it is time to transition uh, while I love it. Like, while it's healthy, it's strong. Um, I want to hand this over while I'm not this like angry crotchety youth pastor that like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like when you leave youth camp, you're like, if I see another teenager, I'm going to go psychotic. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like when you do it that long, you do get to a point where like, okay, maybe it is time. Like maybe, maybe I should change gears a little. I know some of these guys that have been doing it 20 years and I'm like, man, you're like Moses. God bless you. Um, no, but I love students. I love youth pastors. And so, uh, man, yeah. After, um, after doing my role for a few years at the church, my new role, uh, it just kind of hit me that it was time for a change. And it was time to change. And long story short, uh, had some friends. And I work for for One Hope, which which feed is an initiative of One Hope. One Hope is an amazing organization that uh, our goal is to is for God's word every child. So like we are a Bible organization. And a friend of mine worked there and said, "Hey, I think feed would be awesome for you. It's connecting with youth pastors and." It's cool because I get to sit in this seat. I joke that my job is to be a friend to youth pastors. Um, again, was a youth pastor a long time. And so I get a lot of the perks of youth ministry. I don't have to deal with parents. It's amazing. It's amazing. No, I'm just kidding. I love you, parents. You're great. Um, but yeah, so so feed, we we really exist to in one sense, resource the under-resourced church. And so everything we do is research driven. Uh, so our, our, our resources have been created and built out of research around Gen Z. We've all heard those um, kind of horrifying statistics of what's happening whenever Gen Z leaves the, you know, leaves our youth ministry. A lot of them are leaving the church and we're going, yo, like what if we reapproach youth ministry? Uh, kind of changed the philosophy of youth ministry and started reaching Gen Z the way that they need to be reached. So I love what I get to do. So great. And one of those resources that I want to dive into is your resource, the catechism, uh, which is a lot of Bible study, but really the heart behind the catechism is answering fundamental truths about scripture, about uh, church history, uh, and so I want to dive into just a little bit about that, just unpack a little bit about catechism, about uh, the this resource, and maybe even some of how they could use it. 
Yeah, that's great, man. Love the catechism. Uh, catechism is kind of one of those words that I realize can freak people out. They're like, what's a catechism? And essentially, it's really simple. It's questions and answers that help us to combat cultural heresies of today. So our young people, you see it, you're, you're a dad, like I see the cartoons and like the things that my daughter is watching and things will get said that I'm like, yo, we do not believe that. Like that is, it's a, like, there's kind of an indoctrin indoctrination that's happening that we're going, man, this is wild. And so, especially for our students and young people, we want to help them really know what they believe and why they believe it. And so catechism is an ancient practice and it's really simple. It's questions and answers about our faith. And so that was when we started, when Feed started, the question started to be like, what does Gen Z need? And so Feed was built around a simple philosophy of youth ministry. It was open and honest conversation. So like we want our students to have open, honest conversation, but second, it's meaningful scripture engagement. So we want our students to have open and honest conversation, but around meaningful scripture engagement. Like we want them to have real meaningful conversations around God's word. And then third, we want to have outcomes-based ministry. Bro, you know how it is. Like when you do youth ministry, there's sometimes where you feel like that hamster and the wheel is just spinning. We want to know, are our models effective? Gen Z has changed the game. And if Gen Z didn't change the game, COVID somebody, COVID changed the game. The playbook is out. Like we're realizing youth pastors, we've got to do this differently. Something has to change. So I'll unpack catechism a little bit more. So the questions were developed. We have a Devo that's there, but it's 70 questions and answers about our faith. Very, again, very simple questions and answers, but it helps students to build okay, this is what I believe. I, I want to share a statistic with you. Uh, this is kind of this stat in one sense is like why we exist. So we did a research study. This was in, this is crazy. The questions were asked, it's global youth culture. It's one of One Hope's initiatives. The questions were asked in February of 2020. Okay. If anybody knows, what happened about a month after February 2020, things got cray cray, all right? So this is right before the whole world shut down. So these questions were asked. It was 8,000 plus digitally connected students across the globe. And then we also surveyed students again in the United States. And so I want to share this with you. In the United States, 43% of students self-identified as Christians. So with the research that was done, 43% said, hey, I identify as a Christian. Okay. And so actually I did that wrong. So actually the United States, that was globally 43, but in the United States, it was 51% identified as a Christian. So even higher. So over half of these young people digitally connected said like, yeah, I'm, I'm a Christian, but we wanted to turn the screw a little more and go like, okay, but what about like, committed Christian? Like, are you actually like following Jesus with your life? And we broke it down because we wanted to create like, okay, what are six traits of a committed Christian? What does that look like? And the first one is this, this is low hanging fruit, y'all. We're not talking like your ultimate chair stacking, mission trip going, Bible reading, like, like hardcore. No, this was believe that God exists and they can have a personal relationship with them. Trait one. Trait two, pray at least weekly. We're not talking like every morning at 6am on your knees at your bed. We're just saying, do you pray at least weekly? 
Read scripture on your own at least weekly. Believe Jesus is the son of God. Believe that forgiveness of sins is only possible through Jesus Christ and believe the Bible is the word of God. So when we took that, those traits and applied them to that 51%, bro, this is mind-blowing and honestly gut-wrenching. We found that of that 51% who identified as Christian, only 8% actually fell into the category of committed Christian. What the heck? Like you hear that, Ryan, like as a youth pastor, what does that do to you? We got to do something. But we got to do something. I think the answer is we got to do something. But for me, it's what do I do? Yes, absolutely. And so for us, here's the thing. We don't claim that we're the silver bullet. Like feed, we're not like, hey, use feed. And man, that gap is going to close. But our desire is this. Like what if, what if? I think when you hear that 8% and that 51%, your mind automatically goes as a youth pastor is like, I got to close that gap completely. But we're like, what if you jump that up to like, hear me, hear me out here. Some like low hanging fruit. What if we push that number up to like 15%, like just 15%, you know, what happens if one student, like one student who is all in goes into a school, they'll change their community. So we're like, oh my gosh, like what if we just helped youth pastors? I, listen, I was like a CrossFitter for a long time. I know that's like a, almost like a cult, but my coach used to say something. He would say this. He would say, hey, don't try to be like the ultimate CrossFitter. He's like, come in here and just get 1% better every day. Like just, just 1% better, a little bit of improvement. And we're going, hey, like youth pastor, what if we leaned into that 8% and started going, what's going on here? Like we've got to do something. Because look, 46% of Christian teens say they never read their Bible. 52% of teens never read religious scripture on their own. And then somewhere around 50% don't even really believe the Bible is God's word. So if the Bible, like if God's word is our number one discipleship tool, but half of our Christians aren't even reading it, like, yo, we have a discipleship gap. That's huge. So we're going, let's create resources from small group series to sermon outlines to ministry health measurement tools. Like, let's create these resources to help youth pastors be able to have great conversations around God's word. So our catechism Devo, our catechism questions are built into our small group series to help, again, young people. Gen Z wants to wrestle with these questions. Like, gone is the day of the youth pastor getting up and preaching and just having all the answers. I think a lot of times we feel this need to spoon feed everything from the platform. Well, if we do that, then they're never going to know how to eat on their own. It's uncomfortable to let them wrestle out hard biblical truths in circles at the youth group. And we just kind of want to go like, oh, let's have those awkward conversations at Starbucks one-on-one, but they're already having those conversations in their, in their locker room at work. And like, if we're not willing to have them at the church, then man, we're going to miss it. Like we are going to miss it. So what we push is going, Hey, we've got to be willing. Like we have to be willing to have these tough conversations around hard issues with our students based on God's word. Like we do believe the truth sets you free. 
and that God's word is alive. And we'll start to see real results happen if our, if our students increase their biblical literacy, increase their prayer life. Like most of them get down with all the other four traits. Like I believe, yeah, of course I believe in Jesus. I believe, but like praying, reading your Bible, if we could just up that, man, I believe we would see communities change forever. Okay. But don't students just want to have fun? Totally. All they want to do is play nine square. All they want to do is play nine square. No, man, our young people are showing that they want to have hard conversations. Like they really want to understand. Somebody said this and I love it. They said that if, if your students can take like AP math, AP English, then they can handle theology. I am not the guy who said that quote. I've heard a few people who I think they wrote that quote. I don't think they did either, but it's a great quote. And it's true. Like there's this, there's this kind of thought that it's like, oh, all I need to do is tell a couple funny stories, fill up 15 minutes with that, share one scripture and how that applies to your life. And it's like, no, like we've got to be willing to share the whole story of God's word. We need to be willing to share the whole story of God's truth with students and help them unpack that. So the question is this, bro. What business do we have making disciples if we're not disciples? Like, let's be real here. I think there's a huge challenge when we hear like only read and pray once a week. Look, again, I was a youth pastor. I know the struggle can be real, but I know there were seasons of my life where God's word was really only coming in and message prep time. I have to confess that and admit that. So we can be like, why aren't our kids reading their Bibles? And it's like, well, why aren't we reading our Bibles? I know it's uncomfortable, but yeah. Okay, so Sam, you and I met at a youth pastor's gathering, and uh, a big part of that conversation was around um, the fact that students want to feel significant. They want to feel like youth ministry is providing some fulfillment to them. And part of that was this idea, you you kind of alluded to it, was this idea of being discipled. Like, like my time here is um, moving me forward. I'm being developed. I'm being challenge. And so, you know, I think discipleship is one of those buzzwords, you know, but it's kind of like the clouds, you know, you can kind of see it, you can talk about it, but you can't really grab it. Um, and so um, what is that for you at feed or, or even just in, your, in your own ministry time, what does that discipleship process look like, you know, as a youth pastor, um, I think it's easy to say, oh yeah, I'm discipling students, but like, what does that actually look like? Yeah. Yeah. That's great, man. You know, I heard one of our, everybody, you, you've had Terry Parkman on this conversation before. I love Terry. And he said something that um, our evangelism needs to come out of discipleship, not discipleship out of evangelism. So kind of flipping the script that it's like, um, so for a long time with me and our, our youth ministry, it was like, I was a missions dude. Like I took students on missions all over the world. And that was like my set, like we're a missions trip youth group was kind of our thing. Well, that was great. And there's cool things that happened out of that. But I think sometimes we're like so quick to push a kid on the platform. Let's get that kid preaching. Let's post that on Instagram and like celebrate like, wow, they're using their gifts in the church. That's awesome. But are they reading the Bible? Like, like just very basic things here. I think there's a, there's a challenge with this like discipleship question that happens and not, not you, but just in general is that like we, 
I don't know. It's like, we, we say like, great, we do small, small groups. We disciple them. And again, Terry said this too. He's like, great. What are you doing in your small groups? Like, are you unpacking the Bible? Are you, again, are you really just, I'm not talking about like, are you speaking Greek or Hebrew? That's not what I mean. But like, are you helping students understand the narrative of scripture? Like, are they understanding what the Bible means? Not just like one topical thing of like, how does that apply to my life? But like, can they understand that they are a part of God's big story? So they're actually developing a hunger for God's word, that God's word is alive in their lives, that it's meaningful. It's, it's a cornerstone in their life. And so are we helping them with that? Are we we doing things that are helping students again? And that's what, and not to keep plugging feed, but I kind of feed is my thing. Our small group series are going to help you be able to, like they're loaded with scripture, like loaded, loaded, loaded. There'll be probably too much for you to use in one small group series. I don't know if I'm supposed to say that or not, but they're loaded with them. Because that's what we believe beyond your opinions, beyond your stories, we need to help them unpack the gospel. Second thing is this. So we do need to give them opportunities to use their voice. They need to have opportunities to share the gospel. Like we want our students to go, hey, I do, like there's a large percentage, and I don't have the stat right in front of me, but it's somewhere in that 50% range where they don't feel responsible to share the gospel. They don't. Again, what does it do whenever it's like, hey, it's me from the, like, just a lot of the models, it's like, just get them in the house. We'll share the gospel. It's great. Like invite them to church, but they're not always at church. So how are they equipped to share the gospel? How are they equipped to share their story? So it's this filling up and then giving out this filling up and then giving out, but they have to understand the why behind it. It's not for a a celebration on Instagram, but it's what we were built to do. Ephesians 3.20, it's like my favorite verse. You're a masterpiece created anew in Christ in order to do the works that he called you to do long ago. You are a masterpiece. You were created by him, but they need to understand who they are and why they were created. I will go on tangents on this. Sorry, bro. So good. I've used feed. I've used catechism. um, And I would agree. There's more scripture, especially at different age groups, right? So when I taught in a middle school group, I probably pulled out a little more scripture. I probably used a little bit less to make sure it was more applicable. But when I was using the same curriculum at a high school group, I used a little bit more, right? And that's one thing that I think is really important. I think, and I would encourage a youth worker, is to not just have you and or your small group leaders answer questions with, with cultural answers, but pointing them back to scripture. Um, and but that can be tough, right? Because I think it's sometimes it's like, well, the Bible says, and the Bible, and every answer is well, the Bible says, and yeah. the Bible says, but it's kind of true. Yeah. But if we're always answering questions just kind of in a cultural relevance, well, then we're kind of alluding them to well, your answers are in culture. Yeah. Where if we can bring them back to biblical truth, then we're saying. Hey, actually, biblical truth is our fundamental foundation, not just culture. Now, is there a balance? Yes. I forget who it says, uh, who it was that said, like, you know, wake up in the morning and read the newspaper in one hand, read, have your Bible in the other hand. Yeah. You know, it's like it, there's a yes and their tension. Yep. Um, and so, but what would you say to so many of the youth, youth pastors out there? 
but my pastor needs me to grow the youth ministry. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's tough. And we've all been there. Like I hear that. I, I, I would, I would say this one, one thing with feed is that we're in a lot of conversations with youth pastors all over the country. And one of the things that keeps coming up, this is going to be, this is going to answer a question that doesn't answer your question. Um, like in this sense, you know what I mean? It's like, a, it's like, but hopefully it's an encouragement to a youth pastor because a lot of the conversation we're hearing right now and having right now is how do we re- rewrite the scorecard of effective youth ministry, right? So like, again, our youth group, get as many kids in the door, give away the iPad, hands raised, tears fall, figure out discipleship later. Like if I had, if I had to admit it and own it, I would say that like, that was kind of what we would do is like figure out like, well, yeah, we're doing small groups and it's great. Um, I would say this again, feed, we have tons of research available for you. The research is like so clear about what Gen Z needs. I would say this is that youth pastor, I'm just going to be real with you. Like youth pastor, you need to get some courage and have an educated conversation with your pastor and say, pastor, can you help me? unpack this research with you about Gen Z. So like youth pastor, a few things like keep educating yourself. So educate yourself with research, understand the research of what it helps to know who you're working with. So if you're, if your students need X, but you're doing Y, Y isn't going to work for X. So you need to help. And it's a tough conversation to have. And listen, it might be conversations. Like you might get shut down repeatedly. Don't get bitter. Know you're called there. Lean in. Keep doing what your pastor asks you to do. But like, be willing. I think so many youth pastors just don't have the guts to have uncomfortable conversations with their senior pastor. Or you like come in loaded and ready to be like, this is what we need to do. Bad idea, bro. Like, Prayerfully come to a conversation with your pastor, share some great research. I'll say this insights is another feed tool. So here's, what's cool about insights. I'm kind of jumping all over the place here insights. So we talk about outcome-based ministry is one of our key philosophy stakes. Well, insights is a way for you to measure the health of your student ministry. So it's like having a Fitbit for your youth group. Example, you get anonymous surveys. They're all free, by the way. Like everything digital with feed is totally 100% free, like free. You can send these insight surveys out, for example, on mental health or prayer or reading God's word, like whatever. We have all these surveys you can send out anonymously to your students. And then you will look super fresh because you'll get a PDF report of exactly what your students are walking through and really be able to pinpoint what your students need. A great thing for you to be able to bring into a meeting with your your, uh, direct report or your pastor and go, hey, this is what our students are going for. Like, this is what we need to do. Does that make sense? Game changer. And totally. you just like skirted over that as if it was like no big deal. <laughs> I really want to encourage you guys to just like rewind. If that's even a thing, push 15 second, whatever it is, double tap, whatever it is to go back real fast and re-listen to that. A free survey where you can have all of your students, if that's a youth group of 10 or that's a youth group of 5,000. Yep. You can have your students instantly have them take a survey about mental health. Come on. Yep. 
you can have them take about disciple all these different topics and instantly feed is going to have a customized report for your youth ministry for free. And that will give you the exact data that you need to know for your specific context that you can take for your own ministry, right? I mean, so many of us uh, are, man, what should I be talking about? What do our students need? Well, this is going to give you the exact information that you need for your sermon prep. And you can bring that in. And if you're going verse by verse through the Bible, you can still use this, right? Because you're going to contextualize that verse. Or if you're topical, obviously this is going to dive into some of those topics that you need. So if you're going verse by verse, this is helpful. If you're going, uh, you know, topic by topic, this is going to help you. Also, I love what you're saying, Sam, is that this will give you some context. I, I think what most supervisors and what most lead pastors are looking for is for a youth pastor to give some information and some direction as to what they're doing and why they're doing it. Yeah. And so when they can come, like you said, with some of these reports and say, look, I've surveyed our students and you know we've got 100 students and 60% of them are saying that they're struggling with mental health and here's why or here's what's going on. This is why I feel like we need to lean into this. I just think you're giving you're you're giving some great tools for yourself and for those that you report to. So yeah, huge, huge game changer. And I just want to, this is one of those timeout moments. We need to, we need to hit the, 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 this is important moment. So I I love that. Um, You've mentioned some of the, the Instagram stuff that you guys are doing great content on there. Again, I think too, one of these big things that, that fee does um, is, is, resource parents as well to give them some information. I'm a parent. Um, I know that I've looked at some of this stuff and said, man, as a parent, man, this is helpful for me. So I want to read a couple of these uh, Instagram kind of graphics that you've posted recently uh, and just kind of dive into each one of them. So this one says, Gen Z is hungry for deep truths and they're not going to stick around where they don't expect to find them. Yeah. Yeah. Brutal. You want to just unpack that for us a little bit? Cause that, that that's a mouthful right there. It is. And I would say this, I think one thing we have like hot topic series, for example, like we're about to, I don't know if I'm really supposed to say this or not, but we're about to drop a series on gender identity, for example. Um, so the thing about feed is we realize that we have to go there. Right. So like for me, one thing we would always do is like, Hey, we're not going to talk about this from the platform, but we'll talk about it over coffee. And I would argue that that day is changing where it's like, we need to bring this up in the platform. You can be real and honest without being a real jerk, right? Like, so you can share uncomfortable truths and not come off. Like some people are like going to hear this bit and I just got to slice and dice with the Bible. No, hold up cowboy, like chill out a little. You can still, he came with grace and truth, right? So grace and truth. So, but we do realize like, we need to share the truth with students. Like they need to know what the Bible says about this, like what God's word, God does speak about gender and identity. But here's the thing with feeds resources, okay? So we will establish that God's word is truth. Again, we see that half of them aren't even reading the Bible. So we have a discipleship gap there. So we want to help them establish like, okay, like I do believe this is God breathed. This is the truth, but we'll say this, hey, culture, 
says this. God's word says this. How do you how do you resolve that as a young person? If you believe God's word is truth and culture is saying this, what do you do with that? So instead of answering the question, we do unpack deep truths, but we let them wrestle it out. You see how it becomes their faith now. It's this question and answer thing where it's this, again, it's not you going, hey, I'm Pastor Ryan. I bring the heat. I know the truth. You need what I have to say. Take it, run with it. Okay, that worked in 2000 but not anymore. Like that's not how it works anymore. They are publishers. Gen Z want to know what they believe, why they believe it. So again, youth pastor, this makes for some uncomfortable moments in youth group, right? That's going to make for some emails you're going to get from the mom that's going like, yo, what are you talking about with my students? So I'll say this, you need to be prepared as a youth pastor, not just this, of course, God's word, but you need to be prepared culturally. You need to be ready to answer questions after those conversations that happen. Well, that's really uncomfortable. That's hard. Yeah, but so is losing students to the world. So we've got to be willing to go, man, is it worth it? Like, is it worth it to reach for the sake of the gospel? I'm about to cry on you for the sake of our young people, for the sake of this generation. Is it worth having an uncomfortable conversation with your pastor? Is it worth having an uncomfortable conversation with a parent, with an angry student about, well, I don't, I feel like you hate me because of this. No, then you have an opportunity to share the full gospel with a young person. We know this, like God, don't forget this youth pastor. Yes, you're going to have hard conversations, but at the end of the day, like, do you believe what you believe? Like, do you believe what you preach that God is alive inside of you, that you are a masterpiece, that he did call you to do this? Then at the end of the day, the hard conversations, the backlash, man, heck, the canceling, like it's going to be worth it if you know at the end of the day, hey, I was faithful to God's word. I was faithful to his call in my life. Come on, I was faithful to shepherd the students that God put in my life. Are you willing to fight for your young people so that they can walk away with God's truth in their life? You mentioned the parent emails. Here's, here's where I want to go back to those surveys, right? When a parent emails you and says, why are you talking about mental health? You can come back to one of those surveys and say, well, here's why. Again, yep. we have 75 students in our youth ministry. We surveyed them and over 60% of them are saying they're struggling with mental health. That's why we want to lean into this and, and let them know. And so yeah. again, so good. And that th this next uh, Instagram post leans right back into it, but I want to dive into it a little bit more. It says Gen Z has shown they need time to explore, unpack, and wrestle with a concept before they are willing to accept it and its implications into their lives. Yeah. Yeah. So again, I think, uh, bro, I think our era, like Ryan, you probably went on mission trips, right? Like you probably did the mission trip thing. You go to Mexico and going this summer, baby, let's go. And I love it. I'm a missions dude. Uh, but you feel this pressure, right. To like seal the deal. in like every conversation, like, okay, I shared the gospel. Let's get them saved. Like, boom, we did it. And I think a question I have is like, okay, is that celebration for you or for them? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I mean? Like, are we celebrating the hand raise for you or for that person? And so like, I'm celebrating more. I'm just more and more. And I, I don't have the answer to this. I get it. It's hard whenever you want to reach goals numerically, yada, yada, yada. But like, I'm more celebrating, dude, a student 
now really believes like God's word. Like they actually believe this for themselves. So we have to be, um, how do I say, I'm I'm an evangelist at heart. So I want to see people commit their lives to Christ. Like at the end of the day, I'm like, dude, I want to see people, I want to see heaven get bigger. Come on. Like I want to, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm that guy, but I am celebrating more and more going, Hey, like just slow down, unpack this truth with them. Help. You have kids. Like I'm realizing more and more. I have a three-year-old son. It is taking time to to help my son understand things. And I'm like, why are you not getting this? Cause he's three years old with students, with young people be in the long game. This is not a sprint. It's a marathon. So I, I, I did it for 10 years. I'm getting texts from people that I had in my youth group 10 years ago who are starting to ask questions, who are unpacking things. Like I get it that life is a vapor. I understand that, but it also is a journey. And like, we are going to, we want to help students develop a hunger for God's word, a hunger to learn how to unpack things in their life. Right. And so a lot of times, again, we're wanting to seal the deal and God's saying, no, let's go on a journey. Which is tough. Yeah. Because it's a, it's a, it's an ongoing conversation as opposed to just a moment. Right. And it doesn't always show up on the report. It doesn't always show up on the infograph. It doesn't always show up that you've had this conversation over and over and over. And that the going back to the 1% principle, right? That you're having a conversation that tweaked a student's life a little bit, right? And and it challenged them a little bit, but it also going back to that quote, it allows them to wrestle with that concept, right? And to unpack it a little bit, ask questions and even challenge it at times. And so how do you feel like we can really dive into developing students as leaders? As we know, that's a big part of this is releasing them, right? Uh, we're, we're coming up to the end of the school year here. A lot of students are going to be going off into college, into the military, into the workplace, right? So, so part of this process is developing them to be confronted with some pretty significant challenge of their faith. So as Youth pastors, what does that process? I mean, it's discipleship, it's the leadership development, but uh, what does that look like? How can we do that? Yeah, that's great, man. I think really simply is healthy disciples create healthy disciples. And so I think that if you as a youth pastor, to me, man, the last few years of being a youth pastor, I told my pastor, I'm going to work on two things. One is pouring into my leaders Two, working on teaching and preaching. Like those two things I'm going to just really focus on is spending a lot of intentional time with my leaders and really pouring into them. Because if, if somebody is truly being discipled, then they're naturally going to help build other disciples. And so again, that speaks to the long game, right? Like that speaks to the long game of going, Hey man, I'm pouring into two people, three people who I know are going to pour into two or three people. And like, so you want to make sure that you're helping them understand what they believe, why they believe it. I think we take this huge approach sometimes. And it's like, no, Jesus hung with us 12. Like there was a reason he modeled that for us. I'm not saying anything new here, but it's like, We like to amen and aha that at every breakout session and conference we hear, we just don't want to do it. So we wait every year, hear it again and go, man, that's so good. We just don't do it. 
I'm encouraged right now that I'm seeing so many youth pastors, even at mega churches. Like, listen, if you're hearing this, the world is changing. Like with Web3, with everything being decentralized, the world is changing. And I know this, youth pastor, I talked to, I, my job is talking to youth pastors. We are sensing a need for change. Like we are sensing this need for a model shift. We don't all have the answers, but it is coming. And so embrace the reality that things are going to change. At the end of the day, even like your pastor is going to realize, like there was, they're, they're going to realize like, okay, some things are going to be changing here. Like the way that we reach people don't, I, I want to say this too. I'm kind of a little caveat here. Don't use like, the scorecard changing and like things might get a little smaller before they get bigger as an excuse to be lazy and be like, well, we're just not growing right now because we're really focused on discipleship. Like how intentional are you being with this? You know what I'm saying? Like this takes like extreme intentionality. This is going to make for some heartbreaking conversations because it means that you're getting more real. You're showing your skin and you're going, I'm a healthy disciple. Like I'm not, and listen, I have not arrived at this. Like, Nobody has, but we're all realizing it's time to make a change. Does that answer that question? Good. It's good. I think one thing that I keep coming back to is that this takes time. This process takes time, which is another buzzword that a lot of us want, but few achieve, which is longevity. Yeah. Right, this this discipleship process is going to take some of us staying longer in a place to disciple, to be a part of a student's journey from their eighth grade year to their sophomore year in college. Yeah, yeah, and, and and that's six years, that's seven years, that's ten years at a place or or a place like like where you were at where. Um, you're able to be the youth pastor for four or five, six years. You're still in the same place and you're seeing people that you raised up now raising up people. And, and there's this, um, you know, the word that was used at that gathering was like, like this is factory where there's like, it's, it, we're, we're producing a system that people are being developed over time. And again, it's not why well, I came in there for 18 months and I preached my guts out and we got students there and then I, be, I bounced. And, 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 and so I think um, having a long-term approach to say, I'm going to be, I'm going to walk, I'm a journey. I'm going to walk alongside some people and to have a long game approach to this, as opposed to just what can I do in the next 12 months, 18 months, but to say, what can I do in this community? Yeah. These people that I've been asked to serve for the next five, six, 10 years. Longevity has a big part to play in this conversation. Would you agree with that? Bro, 100%. I, I would say I heard it. I was at a Orange Conference in the, the other day. And um, in a breakout session, somebody said that this generation, this is like heartbreaking this generation has just gotten used to things being canceled. Like, so think about it. Like my daughter, for example, her first year at, in preschool at big kids school, first year got canceled halfway through. So what that does to a student psychologically is they're just used to like, Oh, we're going to go, we're going to have camp this summer. Oh, it's canceled. 
oh, we're going to go to, we're going to have this event. Oh, it's canceled. Well, eventually they just get trained to, everybody's going to cancel on me. And that's just how life is. Can you imagine what would set you apart as a youth pastor if you just stayed? Like if you just stuck it out and when things got hard, even so, so longevity was a big deal back in the day, right? Like I've, I had students that I had in sixth grade, I've done their weddings. I have people who I was in the room when they found out their spouse died. I was in the room when they found out like um, I, I've married, I've buried like, and I don't say that as a bragging thing. It's just God had me in that place. Some of you all, you will go to a place for a year and that's how long God will have you there. A lot of us though, we're just comparing on Instagram and if we don't like it, we leave. And I would just say this is that especially now more than ever. And again, I didn't coin that conversation, but I realized hearing them say that, that, that they're just so used to things being canceled and shut down. And it's like, what if you just stayed? Like, what if you were just consistent? You know, Philippians tells us that God who began a good work is faithful to bring it to a finish. Galatians 6, 9, that, that don't give up, don't get tired of doing good at the right time. You'll reap a harvest. Friend, that harvest might be 10 years after you left, but that harvest might not happen if you don't stick around for a couple of years. You know what I'm saying? Like, you've got to be willing to stick it out. Like, I will beat the drum and bang the drum. You know, Joseph Kellogg, that dude's been a youth pastor for like 55 years. Okay. Just kidding, Joseph, like 20 something. I love you. Um, but like he's, he's, he's stuck it out and there's value to that. It's huge. All right. Last question here. Soul care is a big deal. Um, we've talked about even if we want to produce disciples, we've got to be disciples ourselves. So for you, in this journey of, of your spiritual life, what brings you renewal? That's a great question. Um, I, again, I love hanging with my family. Like I love going on, this is so basic. I love going on bike rides with my family. Um, like I'm a family dude, hang out with my family. So that's, that's huge. Like any family time outside, like I, this little creepy cave that you see me in is a lot of my norm. So I love getting outside and just breathing fresh air. Um, and then Secondly, like uh, I've been going through the book of Luke for months. Like I'm just like slowly, slowly trekking my way through Luke. I'm leading a Bible study right now. We're going through James. It's taken nine weeks to go through James. Like we're just verse by verse, like just slowly taking it in. Our world is so fast, so rapid. And I'm like, anything I can do to hit the brakes, John Mayer, stop this train. I think that's in the bottom. No, I'm just kidding. But John Mayer's song, Stop This Train, is like, I think about, I'm just like, how can I slow life down? I cook. I love cooking. Like, this is not some profound stuff here. Just like slow down. Enjoy things. Being present is pretty important. And slowing down. I love it. See, I'm so good. Um, youth worker wanting to connect with you, wanting to connect with Feed. Where do they go? What's the best way? Yeah, super easy way is just go to, if you go to feed.bible and you hit the contact button, like I'm the one who gets that email. Like literally it's me. So I will get it. It'll email team at feed.bible. I open that Bible and I love talking to youth pastors. I love it. Yeah. If you just Google feed, you're probably not going to find it. So uh, you got to type it, you know, Google. Uh, so feed.bible is the spot reach out, connect with these guys, putting together some phenomenal, phenomenal material that uh, it's the right price. Free 99. I'll say this. It's free 
but the content is worth a lot more. It's like the commercial, right? It's priceless, right? So yeah. So good. So thanks, Sam, for your time. Uh, youth workers, youth pastors, thanks for joining on and look forward to joining you guys here soon in the next episode. Thanks for having me on, bro.